Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. In Hebrews chapter 11, I want to take a look at what it means to have faith for divine appointments. We've started this series as in the days of Noah coming up in a couple of weeks on September 25th. We have our friends and family Sunday. And I want to encourage you, be praying about, there's bookmarks inside everyone's bulletin. They were there last week and this week. Write down the names of three people that you want to be praying for their salvation, praying for divine appointment, to invite them to church. And then the other aspect of that is you need to invite them. Ask God for a divine encounter, a moment in time where you can invite your friends and your family. There's invite cards on the pews you can take with you, put something in their hand to remind them of the date. There's some in the bullet. You can mail them out, whatever you need to do. But I would encourage you, that Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on the reality of salvation as it's portrayed in the ark, that God made a way of escape, made a way of salvation, and he used a man named Noah to build an ark, a way of salvation, and his lineage became the lineage of Christ. You don't want to miss it. Bring somebody with you. It's going to be powerful. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, we have to understand a little bit of the context of what Paul, we believe, is the author here, is writing He's going through and he's, he's telling them in the midst of their persecution, Hebrews was written during the reign of Nero. We know that Nero was persecuting the Christians. He was impaling Christians alive and setting them on fire in his garden parties. This was the type of man that we're dealing with. He was cruel. He was unusual. He attacked Christians. He mutilated them. And in, this, in the midst of Nero's reign, we find the book, the epistle of Hebrews. There was a falling away that we see here. Uh, Paul says, we are not those that shrink back and are destroyed. We're not of those who fall away from our faith. There's those that were neglecting meeting together. And even a warning that even in the last days, people would neglect assembling themselves. Don't neglect coming together and meeting together even in the midst of persecution. And in the midst of all of this, he writes Hebrews 11. The hall of faith, if you will. He writes the, the, begins to describe these that lived by faith as a means of an encouragement to them. These people lived in difficult days. Consider their circumstances. Consider what they had to live through. Consider what they faced. Let's take a look at some of these people. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel. What did Abel do? He offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And he obtained what? The testimony that he was righteous. In verses 5 through 6, we go on. According to what? By faith, Enoch. What did Enoch do? He was taken away. Enoch walked with God. We, we talked about Enoch last week. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And what was his testimony? That he pleased God. Hebrews 11 verse 7. By faith, Noah. What, did no, what was Noah's work that God commissioned him to do? He divinely warned him so that Noah might build an ark. And he, what was his testimony? Became the heir of righteousness. Verses 8 through 10, by faith, Abraham went out and he dwelt in the land of promise, looking for a city whose foundations, whose maker was God. By faith, Sarah 
What was it that she received strength to conceive? She was impossible for her to have a baby. And she had this testimony that she judged him faithful who had promised. What do we see continually in the lives of these people? By faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. The just shall live by faith faith. God has called us to live a life by faith. Divine appointments, living the life that God God has called us to is lived by faith. What does it mean that we ought to live by faith? What does it mean that we should have faith for divine appointments? You know, yesterday Zoe and I were out doing some grocery shopping. Zoe's three. She was going with me through the grocery store and she's pushing the cart along through the store and we're looking at produce and everything and going through and shopping. And as we're going through and shopping, there was a, there was a man, an elderly man, and his, I assumed that it was his daughter was walking with him and they were shopping and she was telling him what to buy and how to buy and what all he needed to get. And she stops me and she says, how old's your daughter? She's so cute. You know, she's going on about Zoe. And I said, well, she's three. And then she said these words. She said, yeah, I helped my dad when, when I was three and now I'm 48 and I'm still helping my dad. And in that moment, my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> I had a moment of things to come, and I realized, treat my daughter well, because there's going to be a day when she's going to be helping dad walk through the grocery store shopping and figure out what, and telling me what I need to buy and keep me in line. <laughs> That's probably not faith that Paul's writing about here in Hebrews. That's not the picture of things to come that that Paul's talking about. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in Hebrews 12, let me read this verse 2 and then I'll jump into both of these. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the what? Author and finisher of our faith. So what are the observations here? First off, is that it is given, our faith is given by Christ. He is the originator, he is the author of your faith. Faith comes by Christ alone. It's completed in Christ. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. If he's deposited faith in your heart, if you'll continue to yield to God, he is faithful to complete the work of faith in you. We know that faith is not the result of good works here. Faith does not come by good works. Good works are the result of faith. We have faith imparted into us by Christ, and the good works are the outflow of the faith of God. In Hebrews 11:1, 1, it's a substance. It's tangible. It's the evidence or the proof. It's tangible proof of the unseen realities, things not seen, unseen realities, realities in Christ. So how would I define faith? I'll give it this way. It is the tangible perception of unseen realities. Faith is our spiritual perception. Some of you have heard me say this before. It is our ability to perceive the unseen world around us. It's our spiritual eyes. It's our spiritual ears or taste or smell. It's our five senses in the spiritual world to begin to understand what God is saying and doing all around us. Amen. In Hebrews eleven thirteen, we find this about faith. 
It says this, these all died in faith, faith, verse 13. I'm going to get my words mixed up here. Hebrews 11, verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having what? Seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. I just want to give you the progression here or the cycle of faith, if you will. Hebrews 13 gives us this progression. The first thing that we see here is that they were seeing by faith promises from afar. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but seeing them afar off. Faith gives you the ability to see what the natural eye cannot see. Faith gives you the ability to perceive spiritual realities. And so what happened with with Noah is that he had a divine revelation from God. God revealed to him the things that were to come. And then they, because of faith, were assured of the promises of God. In other words, they had a conviction of the realities of what they saw. It wasn't just a good idea that Sarah was going to have a baby. It wasn't just a good idea that Abraham was going to be the the father of, of promise. It wasn't just a good idea that Sarah was going to conceive. It wasn't just a mental idea or assent. They perceived by, everybody say, faith. They saw realities by faith that the natural eye could not see. Second Timothy, Paul told Timothy this, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. That is the persuasion, the conviction of the reality of faith. Then they embraced them. They embraced, they made the promises of their own. They took the promises of God, the word that God spoke, and they welcomed it in. It's like a house guest. If you... Have someone come to your home and they knock on your door? Not all, all the time do you always probably welcome everybody in. I know there's sometimes that people knock on our door and the first thing we do is go find a hiding spot. We don't want them to know we're home. Don't tell them we're home. We had someone one time, this has been many years ago, we had someone one time on a Saturday, our day off, our one day of relaxation show, showed up at our house and they, they mowed our grass. They wanted to mow our grass, which many of you would think, oh, that's really nice. Such a blessing. Oh, it was a wonderful blessing until they started knocking on the door saying, we want to come in and talk. And, and we hadn't woke up yet. We weren't ready to face the world yet. <laughs> it was 7 a.m. on a Saturday, and they want Pastor Zach and Heather's full undivided attention. And we were running and hiding, of course. <laughs> How many of you have been there? You've, you don't look at me like I'm some horrible person. Y'all have done the same thing. Just because I have pastor in front of my name doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I just want to (laughs) hide. I want to hide every Sunday. I don't like public speaking. They were assured of them. They were assured they were convicted. They welcomed them in. The, The word there in the Greek is that they welcomed in the promises, much like you would welcome in a house guest. They welcomed in the promises to their home. They made them their own. They embraced them. And it moved them to practical action. Noah just didn't hear about the word from the Lord and did nothing. It moved him. Sarah and Abraham didn't just hear about them having a baby. It moved them. (laughs) I'll let that sink in for a moment. The Bible says that Abraham knew his wife. That That was the polite way of saying they were moved to action to have a baby. It didn't just magically appear. The stork didn't just drop it off. They were moved to action. 
And then they began to confess them. It's okay to have fun in church. They confessed them. Don't be so spiritual. You know, this is how babies are born, right? <laughs> then they confessed. My wife said, would you move on to confession? They confessed. They confessed that they were pilgrims. They were pilgrims in this land. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth what? Speaks, Luke 6.45, out of the overflow of your heart. It signifies your desires. In Matthew 6.21, it says where your treasure is, where your values are. There your heart will be also. So their confession is the overflow of a reality in their heart. It wasn't just, like I said earlier, a good idea. This was reality for them. The unseen world and the word spoken by God became more real to them than the natural carnal world around them. Have you, you know, maybe you're here this morning and, and you don't understand what I'm saying because you've never tasted, you've never experienced. It's like me trying to describe to you the sweetness of honey, or it's like me trying to describe to you the flavor of gumbo or the flavor of, of uh, crawfish uh, fettuccine or crawfish whatever this, you know, if you've never tasted the, the mixture of the spices or the sweetness of the honey, if you've never tasted the big gum, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You think we're a bunch of crazy Cajuns and from New Orleans who drink this big old brown goop called gumbo. But when you taste of its goodness, <laughs> but when you taste of the sweetness of honey, when you taste of the goodness of that gumbo or you begin to let that nice buttery crawfish begin to melt in your mouth. All of a sudden, your perspective changes. So maybe today you're, you're, you don't understand what I'm saying about faith because you've never experienced it. But when you taste of the realities of heaven and the unseen world becomes more real to you than the things that you see in the natural. Come on, somebody. I'm, don't shout me down this morning. When the, when the world around you begins to fade and the world of heaven becomes real to you, all of a sudden it doesn't matter what the businessman says. It doesn't matter what your finances say. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what world around you says. You begin to see by faith what God says about your circumstance. Noah was looking at the situation saying, these people are carnal, I, they're, they're horrible, they're wretched, they're full of... God, how could you ever do anything with, with this? What would you ever do with this? But then by faith, he began to see God's great orchestration of how he was organizing and, and directing the steps of all things. Allow faith, allow your eyes of faith to see. Allow your eyes of faith to see what your natural eyes cannot see. You may not be able to see what God's doing in that friend, that coworker, that family member's life, but by faith, you see the potential that God has for them. I do it every week. I see people every week that are bound by behaviors and lies and patterns of their old life, but with the eyes of faith, I see what God can do in their life. 
It's why I stand up here week after week after week after week and proclaim the truth and the word of God because I look every week at people who might be bound to addiction, who are bound to old behaviors and patterns, people who are addicted to the lies of their past, people who are addicted to success and control or past failures, whatever the case might be. And every week I look by eyes of faith and I hear the voice of the Lord saying, by faith, by faith, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're going through, by faith, see through the eyes of faith, hear with the ears of faith, stop listening to your friends who want to tell you everything negative about every situation you're facing. Listen, you can go fill your life with everything negative and contrary to the word of God. You can allow the seeds of discouragement and fear and anxiety to germinate in your heart, or you can say enough is enough with the past. I'm no longer that old stinky, yucky self. I'm being transformed into the image of God. This situation has to come into alignment with the Word of God. This family member has to come into alignment with the Word of God. My life has to come into alignment with the Word of God. My health situation has to come into alignment with the Word of God. And it's not, let me say this, it's not just wishful thinking. A lot of times we get a bad doctor's report or the finances or this or that and wishful thinking sets in. Well, I wish this would happen or I wish that would happen or I really would like it, Lord, if that would happen or this would happen. How many of you know wishful thinking is a little bit different than faith? Faith is hearing what God says about the situation. Faith is understanding what the word of God says. Sometimes, like James, you have to go through something. Sometimes faith is not the power to deliver you. It's the power that helps you endure. Sometimes faith is the ability to see on the other side of the very thing that you're going through right now. Sometimes, yes, faith is God saying, in this moment, in this split second, I'll work a miracle on your behalf. And I love when miracles happen. I love when sickness leaves a body. I love when seeing getting people out of wheelchairs. I love seeing people walk who couldn't walk and diseases being healed. I love seeing that. But sometimes faith is seeing what the outcome is on the other side. It's looking at the situation today and knowing what God is working out on the other side of that thing for you. Let patience have its perfect work, James said. Let patience have its perfect work in your life. So that you will be rich and lacking nothing. Let the words of James sink into your heart when you're facing trials of various kinds and command yourself to be in a place of joy. Allow yourself to see by the eyes of faith. Hallelujah. I'm preaching this morning. I don't know if you hear me, but I'm preaching. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your desires and values are will determine where you are fruitful. What you desire and what you value will determine where your fruit will be produced. If you desire and value earthly and carnal things, guess where your fruit's coming? If you desire and you value the things of heaven, you desire and value the presence of the Lord, guess what's happening? You know, people wonder, they say, well, you know, how, how do you get... I've been asked this so many times. How do you do things like Night of Hope? How do you, how do you get the volunteers in your church? How, does, how are you seeing the miracles and the Pentecost and all that's happening? Listen, friends, it's very simple. What you desire and what you value is where you will be fruitful. 
If you desire and value a good name and a good, that's what you're going to get. If you desire and value to have the, pen, the presence of God and the power of God, then that's what you're going to get. It's very simple. Y'all got quiet on me. I'd like to give you his observations regarding Noah about his faith. Having laid this foundation about what faith is, Hebrews 11 and verse 7 says this, By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. The very first thing that we see here about Noah is that he was given faith. Faith was deposited into Noah's life. This faith that was given to him by God was for the purpose of revealing things to come. God revealed to Noah by faith the revelation of coming judgment. By faith, you and I have an awareness of things to come. Yeah, people in the, in the natural world will read revelation. They'll read scripture and they'll mock and they'll scoff. Matter of fact, Peter said that in the last days would come scoffers and mockers saying, where's the coming of the Lord? So we know that, that people are going to mock and they're going to make fun of and they'll not believe the words of warning. But by faith, you and I have received revelation of the judgment that is to come, just like Noah. Not only did Noah receive warning of what was to come, he received direction for the steps to salvation. God not only told him, I'm going to send judgment, but I'm also going to work a way of salvation through you. And gave him the exact details, the plans, the blueprints of what was to come. You know, the one thing, though, that was interesting to me about this ark is God never told Noah how he was going to shut the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. If you go read it, it's, it's, he's got this massive boat... And he never explains to Noah how he's going to shut this door. And yet, and yet, don't get ahead of me. Who's preaching my message? <laughs> Ushers, where are you? Where's our security team? They, here he is with this big boat. It's my story. I'm going to tell it. This big, this big boat. He's filled it with animals. He's doing all that he knows to do. And he does it. Well, we know, thanks to our commentator on the back, that by faith, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what was going to happen. It didn't matter how it was going to shut. He just knew God said get everybody in there. God was going to handle the rest. Sometimes you don't un always know every detail of the process and the plan. God gives you what you need to know when you need to know it. Be okay with that. <laughs> Be okay with that. I remember when, when the Lord first called me to ministry. I was young. I was, I was eight years old at a kid's camp. And I remember the Lord specifically saying to me, I've called you to be a pastor. And I didn't want to be a pastor. <laughs> I was eight years old. And then when the Lord began to open doors for me after in high school and after high school to begin stepping out into ministry, it had nothing to do with pastoring. I thought, Lord, this is kind of a left turn here. Aren't you, you know, if I'm called to be a pastor, shouldn't I be pastoring? 
Isn't that direction I should be going? And there was other areas of ministry. It was all laying the foundation and the groundwork for things to come. So don't get ahead of God. If God says left, then you go left. If God says pause, then you pause. Allow him to direct your steps. You don't know what's coming ahead. And let me tell you this, God doesn't waste a thing. You may think your past, your, your, your past addictions, lifestyle, behaviors, your past religious garbage, whatever it is, may keep you. You know, it's so funny. I'm going to say something that probably I shouldn't, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> you know, my, when, when Heather and I first got married, it's funny, and, and this is for somebody today, and I don't even know why I'm saying this. It's for somebody, I'm sure. When, when Heather and I first got married, I grew up in church. I was the church boy. Right? I grew up in church. I grew up in an Assembly of God church. I was the Assemblies of God through and through, you know. We had, we had ladies in our church that had received the Assembly of God. They had an assortment of Assembly of God lapel pins for attending Sunday school and all that they had done. I mean, I grew up in a diehard, you, you all know what I'm talking about, a diehard Assembly of God church. And... Uh, when I got married to Heather, my mom's first comment to Heather was this, aren't you so lucky that you get to marry my son? He is so, and considering your past and all that you've done, aren't you so lucky to marry my son? Now, my mom listens to the podcast faithfully, so I have to edit this part out or something. And yeah, we're, we're, we don't hold the fence. Not much. Um, and you know, to me, I'm absolutely oblivious. I'm like, my sin was just as bad as her sin. I may not have been out dealing drugs and being whatever, doing whatever, but my religious carnality was just as stinky as her sin. So it doesn't matter to me. I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, by faith. It shuts the door. You, you, don't, you don't know. You don't, you don't know what God will use in your life. He wastes nothing. There's not one bit of her testimony that's wasted. There's not one bit of my testimony that's wasted. And together, God has partnered us together to be a great balance for one another. <laughs> and he wastes nothing. I needed a little bit of crazy in my life, and she needed a little bit of tame. When we... When we first said we were going to get married, our associate pastor at Victory said, oh, she's a beast. You're going to have to tame her. <laughs> God wastes nothing. You may not know how he's going to shut the door, but I promise what he started, he's faithful to complete. He's faithful to complete it. He gave him revelation of the judgment to come. He gave him revelation of salvation. And he made him a preacher of righteousness to warn those around him. God gave him the ability 
to begin to do a great exploit in, in a work of God. Faith will enable you to see and to do things you couldn't do. Faith will cause you to walk into a situation where people are, are sick and depressed and discouraged. Faith will cause you to walk into a service where people are needing healing and facing critical illness. Faith will cause you to walk into the grocery store or the workplace surrounded by carnal, worldly people who need the love of God and cause you to see them through the eyes of Christ and begin to proclaim life and hope in the middle of their despair. Not only did God give Noah faith, but he warned him of things to come. All of this became a word from the Lord for Noah. Here's what McLaren says. My brother, if our faith is worth calling faith at all, it rests so absolutely and confidingly upon God that his bare word becomes to us the infallible source of certitude with regard to all the shifting hours of time and to the steadfast day of eternity. In the midst of life, the the seas are ever-changing. The direction of the wind is ever-changing. God may have spoke to you to do this, and the storm goes the other direction. Noah, you are going to build a boat. You are going to build an ark for the saving of the world. And here's Noah. He's fast working, building an ark. He sees what he thinks in the distance is a coming rain cloud. And all of a sudden, he realizes just a figment of his imagination and goes the other direction. Maybe you've been there where you felt like the Lord spoke to you, gave you clear direction. But you look at circumstance and it's going the opposite way. When you have the word of God as your anchor, when you have the word of God that sustains you, it doesn't matter what happens in this life. The word of God by faith in you holds you to what he's promised. Has the power of the gospel gripped your soul? Has the reality of Christ leapt off the pages of this book for you? Are you diving in to the word of God? Not just for wisdom and head knowledge. All those those things are great. But there's more contained in the books of these pages. As you you go through and you discover Jesus in the book of every book of this Bible... All of a sudden, can you, can you feel the fires of, of Acts in Pentecost? Can you, can you hear the, the sound of the wind in Acts? Can you smell the fragrance of prison on its pages of the Pauline epistles? Can you, can you, can you hear and smell the, the torturer's chambers in, in James and Peter and, and John, where, where the Christians are being tortured and, and killed and martyred. Can, can you hear the sound of many waters, the voice of many waters in Revelation? Has the book become alive to you, or is it just words on a page? Get into the Word of God. Devour the Word of God. Yes, it's living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will divide. It will cut. It will divide what is God and what is not not of God. It will divide what is of the natural man and what is of the carnal man from what is of the spirit man. Get into the Word. The Word of God will be an anchor for your soul. The Word of God will be an anchor for your life. The Word of God. Legalists feel better by reading the Word because the box is checked. Saints feel better by reading the Word because their blindness has lifted and they now see Christ. 
Legalists trudge onward to their justification by reading the word. Saints sit by peacefully and passionately reading the word to claim all of their blood-bought promises. You might be here this morning, you say, reading the word has had no effects on me. And there are no great revelations as I read. Oftentimes the greatest effects of the word are quiet and they are silent, long-term results by the effects of truth. Consider the moon and the sun, they're silent, yet powerful changes brought in the earth. Consider the quiet mist and the dew that waters the earth. Quietly the grass grows, flowers bloom. There might be more happening to you as you read the word than what you first see. Get into the word of God. Let me ask you this. Do you have a verse for your life? Do you have a life verse that guides you, that directs you, that becomes an anchor for you? Mine is Isaiah 58 and verse 12. The Lord gave it to me a long time ago. Isaiah 58 verse 12 says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I've never left that. That verse has been an anchor for me through the years. No matter what God was doing in my life, I can always go back to that verse that God is doing this in and through my life. What is your life verse today? Are you continuing on in the word? Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3. I won't take the time to read it, but go home and read it and be blessed by dwelling in the word. Thirdly, faith moved Noah to practical action. Here's what McLaren says. Unless a man's faith is warm enough to melt his heart, it is worth very little. A faith unaccompanied by emotion is quite as bad as a faith which is all wasted in emotion. It is not a good thing when all the steam roars out through an escape pipe. It is perhaps a worse thing when there is no steam in the broiler at all. It is easy for people that have not any religion to scoff at what they suppose to be the fanatical excess of emotion which some forms of religious belief develop. I, for my part, would rather have the extremist emotion than a dead, cold orthodoxy that believes everything and feels nothing. Do not be afraid of feeling, which is the child of faith. Be very much more afraid of a religion that leaves your heart beating just exactly the same rate that it did before you took the truth into it. I am very, very sure that there is no road between a man's faith and his practice except through his heart. In verse 7 of Hebrews 11, it says that being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he was moved with godly fear. This emotion, this fear, this respect, this awe, faith always will ignite passion in your heart. Remember when you first got born again and the faith of God that was deposited in your heart for salvation and you wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. Look what God's done in my life. Let me sign your Bible. I'm, look at me. Look what God's done. <laughs> faith ignites passion. Galatians says that faith works by love. And so it always ignites passion. Our Christianity is not known by our disciplines, we are known by our passion. Because of your love will they know that you're my disciple, Jesus said. So, you know, I always tell the example of this. When you walk into someone's home, you don't walk into their home and say, Oh, Mike, you have great two-by-fours. I love, I love the studs on your home. However, I know you all have been renovating, so you might have great two-by-fours. There's a great two-by-four. I love the structure. No, you walk into someone's home and you comment on the displays of their passion, the artwork, the colors, the furniture. You comment on the display of their passion. 
Yes, the structure is absolutely necessary. The disciplines are absolutely necessary. They create the framework for our passion. You can't have one without the other. But we are known by our passion. We are known by our love. When faith ignites in your heart passion, it motivates you to action. In 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us that if we do all of these things, we pray in tongues and we we lay hands on the sick, we do all this stuff and yet have not love, we're but clanging cymbals. And so we know that faith is is operating in the context of love. Noah operated in the context of love and he warned those of coming judgment. 2 Peter 2.5 tells us that he was a preacher of righteousness. If emotion or passion, if you will, is the child of faith, then conduct is the child of emotion. If you and I have faith and faith affects our hearts, then the emotion that is the result Action is the result of that emotion. Action is the result. Noah was moved by godly fear and he began building the ark. Consider the mocking that Noah went through. Consider the people around him that were criticizing him. The local news would have attacked him. The politicians would have had meetings about him and tried to tell him all of the ordinances he was breaking. Church people would have called him a fanatical. Businessmen would have said, oh, that's a waste of resources, such a waste of energy. What a misuse of time. And yet, for us, it would have been a lifetime. Noah was facing this 50, 60, 70, 80 years of ongoing, maybe more, of ongoing torment from those around him. But then one day, the rain began to fall. Faith will stir emotion and result in action. Lastly, faith and obedience will always bring vindication. Proclaim the word. Noah condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness. How many of their jokes and their ridicules would die in their throats the day the rain began and the waters rose to their lips and over their heads. The days of mercy are upon us, but judgment is coming. James 4, 4 says this, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, this isn't a popular message. Y'all are getting really quiet in here. This isn't, this isn't the popular message to condemn the world. That word condemn in the Hebrew means to judge them worthy of damnation. The world doesn't want to want to hear this. The church, modern church doesn't want to hear this. Modern church tells you, you've got to be tolerant of everybody. You've got to accept everybody. Listen, we love you. I don't care what your sin is today or what your hang-up is today. We love you and we're not going to sit by and criticize you and tell you how you're going to hell and we're going to heaven. Although if you're not, going, if you're not born again, you are going to hell. But that is the reality of what Noah is saying. He spoke the truth. He judged them worthy of damnation. If you're not born again today, this is what the word of God says to you. You are worthy of damnation. We make no apologies for that. The truth is the truth. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, period. There's no other way. This isn't a popular message, but it's the message of the gospel. And to those of us in this room that are believers, are you enticed 
Remember, James is writing to Christians, are you enticed to be a friend of the world? In other words, are you more concerned about what those in the world and the pleasures of this world say about your life than what God says? Are you busy trying to be rocked on the knee of the world? You know, like the little Zoe wants daddy to accept her and bounce her on her knee. Are you being bounced on, your, on the world's knee? Are they, are they dandling you today? Are they enticing you? Is the pleasures of the world more real to you than the pleasures of God? Are you enticed by worldly pleasures? If you are, James makes it very clear that you have made yourself an enemy of God. Worldly Christians do not sin ignorantly. If you have been in the world, if you have been around Jesus, you know the truth. You know the word of God. And to... To flirt with and to have your soul ties with the world continue is making yourself an enemy. I don't, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an enemy of God. We see how that goes. Not well. Judgment came on those who were enemies of God. Pastor, you're just preaching holiness. You're just one of those holiness preachers. Yes, I am. I'm a holiness preacher, I'm a salvation preacher, I'm a faith by grace by faith alone preacher, I'm a scripture alone preacher, I'm a Christ alone preacher, I'm a baptizer in the Holy Ghost preacher, I'm a healer preacher, yes, all of it, all the gospel, all the gospel, I got it all. If you don't like that, we'll change, so he can baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And you shall receive power when the Holy, oh, you don't like that either, okay, let's go on. <laughs> How are we to respond in the days of evil? Preach righteousness. Don't stop. There are those around you who may not appreciate the words of truth that you are sending their way, but keep loving. Keep sharing Christ. Don't back down. Keep being an example of godliness. Live what you preach. It's really great to preach Christ, but if you, don't, if you live like the devil, it's really hard to believe. And then don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of the things God's shown you. If God has given you a promise for your family to be born again, don't lose sight of that. Hold on to the promise of God for your family. You might be the only person in this life who's holding on to the reality of Scripture and the promise of God for them. Remind God of His promise for your family. That's the word of the Lord for you. Remind him. Bring it up before him. Pray and intercede for those around you. Well, what do I do when people ridicule me and mock me? Do what Noah did. Keep building. Don't stop. Well, they don't, they don't come. They don't, they don't come to church or they don't come to my small group. They don't come to the event. Just keep building. Noah, Noah preached to millions of people, and only eight were saved. Those are bad success rates in the modern church. <laughs> Jesus stood up and preached to over 500 people before he left, and only 120 got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was not very successful. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the statistics. Keep your eyes by faith fixated on what God's called you to do. Keep preaching. Keep loving. By faith. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Keep living by faith. Faith for divine appointments. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Noah who endured the hardship of the time. Thank you, Lord, for Noah who endured the hardship of the time and built an ark for salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that we are here today as a result of his obedience. We are here today as a result of his obedience. Lord, I pray for my friends that are here today that maybe don't know you, that are away from you, that aren't living right, Lord. Christians who profess themselves to be Christians but are only in, only in name only and not in action. Lord, I pray for my friends that are here today. Lord, whatever the circumstances in their life, wherever they stand before you today, Lord, that you would come. Holy Spirit, that you would begin to convict and deal with them this day. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.